0: Yeah, we do have a special guest. He's a a bloke who's done a hell of a lot of good in a pretty short amount of time for New Zealand Racing, along with his colleagues. Cameron Roger is the Managing Director of New Zealand for Entain Australia. Now, when Entain won the rights to go into a strategic partnership with the TAB about six months ago, I told you that it was the biggest thing that had happened to the New Zealand Racing and wagering landscape in uh, years, decades, a long period of time. There was going to be a a level of unease because people seem to be quite um, distrusting in, in, in the racing industry because we've had lots of administrators and administrations that have come through and have let people down, stakeholders, punters, the lot. But this is different. This was different. And today, the New Zealand racing industry and the thoroughbred industry in particular has seen an announcement where... A race called the NZB Kiwi, which will be the first slot race. It's the culmination of a lot of hard work. It's a seminal moment because it's not just $4.5 million in prize money for this one race. It encompasses a whole schedule change and more than $23.8 million in stakes across 51 black type races from January to early April next year. This kicks off Karaka Millions Week, which is the celebration, it's the relaunch of thoroughbred racing in New Zealand, if you ask me, and Cam Roger has had had to sit there and listen to me waffle on. um, As I try to set the scene, Cam, about how special of a day today is, and you just must be so proud, mate. Morning to you.
1: Morning, Louis. Thanks for having me on, and yeah, um, no, happy to listen to it, because yeah, couldn't be prouder of... I guess this industry and you know all the the many mini men and women I guess on the NTA and T R and you know on the, the various clubs that have been involved in this announcement side um, you know that have been involved in NZB of course and, and, and today it's a great day and yeah a, a combination of a lot of thinking and 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 sort of planning but hopefully people like what they see um, in terms of what was announced earlier today.
0: There is so much information to go through, isn't there, Cam? This is <laughs> th- th- this is this is a mega announcement. I've I've read through the release a few times. Um, look, th- there's a, a couple of headlines though. Mm-hmm. One, we've got a new slot race, which is going to be the richest three-year-old race in in probably Australasia, the Southern Hemisphere. I imagine would go close to being one of the richest three-year-old races in the world. Um, two, yeah. we've got a Karaka Millions Carnival moving forward. So not this year, but next year, we're going to have a two-day Karaka Millions Carnival. The railway is going to be on Karaka Millions night. And then we've yes. got this Champions Day where you're going to have um, the, the the derby um, mixed with other Group 1 races, including this three-year-old slot race, to start March. And it kind of creates this mega season of racing in New Zealand. Um, those are the headlines for me, but it's going to take a lot of time for us to get our head around it. How do you try to explain it, and how are you going to try and explain it to our listeners and us right now?
1: <laughs> no, look, I think, Louis, I think you've captured the, um, the key components. I mean, you know, I guess as a starting point, we've always believed is from a wagering perspective that our, our window is that summer period. You know, it's where... Um, you know summer ra- racing in summer in New Zealand is one of the best things in the world mate I've always believed it and it just needs a bit of um, a bit of a boost behind it to really elevate it and you know we've believed that and you know we're, we're running into clear air or relative clear air in Australia over that period so getting good horses good jockeys uh, good tracks going at that time of year is a, is a lot easier obviously so yeah we've always believed in that period and um, you know you've, you've hit the headlines right I mean the cracker um, to moving cracker millions to a two day carnival to book in the sales just driving interest across what is already an amazing race day. You know, you don't want to um, you don't want to get off of a winner ever, but we think there's so much more that we can squeeze out of that um that that period and moving it to a two day carnival will help with that. Um, you know, you talked about the Champions Day, we think that there's a massive opportunity there, the biggest day of racing, uh, domestically, to have it in March. Um, you know. Put some some big group ones on that card, obviously, as along with the NZ Big Key, which is probably the, the headline announcement. So we came close to being the richest uh, three-year-old race in the world. I think the Japanese Derby might might for us actually, but um, it's it, it's right up there. So 4.5 million in, in total prize money available in year one, and that, that escalates up in the in the latter years. So you know, I mean, there's a huge announcement for places we never thought New Zealand racing could go, even just a year ago. So you know, we're pretty thrilled with it all.
0: There, there's like the programming element to this and there would have been very smart and, and racing lifers that would have been involved to make sure this all makes sense like you've got little things like the Levin Classic going to 1400 um, there's yep. just some a, a couple of dates have flipped around we can, I can, you know Clayto and me and Mick can we can chew it? We can chew through this as the week goes on So, and, and if people want the information go to loveracing.nz you can find it all there um, we'll, we'll, it's all there we can't go through it all but I guess for you pertinent question, where's this funding coming from? Who's involved? Um, yeah. How much did you have to rattle the tin? Or, or, or is this just the fruition, the, the kind of the fruits of this deal going back six months ago coming to fruition now?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, so obviously when um, the Entain partnership went through, there was a big upfront payment that we made and um, you know we've guaranteed I think it's pretty well known now. We've guaranteed stakes through, or sorry, we've guaranteed funding through the first five years. So, um, you know, that kind of gave us a real good opportunity. NZ did the right thing; they boosted, they boosted stakes immediately. They brought that floor up. They made it viable again to race horses, which was a great start. But, you know, they've always thought, and we've always thought that hey, we need to now sort of focus on a bit of innovation and what we can really do to drive it along. So, um, in terms of where the funding is coming from, it is still, um, you know, largely residual amounts that was left from that upfront and and from the guarantees that we have and having Z. So the the remaining statutory Everybody that, that does dish out the checks um based on what, what we've paid forward to them um they did an amazing job right they they recognized like we do that hey this is our moment and there's no point in um and keeping money in the bank for a later day we think we have got to ride the uh momentum that we have now and invest to grow you know it's basically that simple it's it's not something that we um we think is going to return in year one but we think by year two three four we're going to be we're going to be flying along, and um, you know, hopefully it becomes a very, very, very self-sustaining thing, and in fact, um, you know, grows from there. That's the plan, and you know, we really believe in it. it looks like NZTR and and NZ did do as well as long along with NZB. So, um, you know, hopefully we're we'll, we're in for a bright future, mate. To
0: to be self-sustainable, how much of that depends on international participation buy in um eyeballs? So this race, mm. it, it's for New Zealand bred horses, but you've put a figure up here where there's no way these horses that are trained in Australia wouldn't come back for it. I mean, the Aussie Uh market's the obvious one, but then Asia and beyond, how much do we need buy-in on a global stage to make these numbers and this kind of idea that we think what we can be sustainable?
1: um look we, we i mean we want that and we think that it will happen but you know certainly from an intane perspective we model this all based on domestic interest because that's the part that okay. we have the most control over so you know that's obviously great news i think um the way that we talk about it is look we um we we obtain most of our customers racing customers especially over that new year christmas um crack a million period we want we want to keep doing that because it's, it's an amazing time to be a racing fan and what this revamped carnival does is sure that over that period every week we have something amazing to sell to the customer base right what we're doing every week when we we acquire new customers trying to find ways to keep them you know a a fan make them a fan in that early period because that's when you get the stickability and so you know a big driver from our end is to say you know we acquire those customers let's make sure that every week in summer we've got something amazing happening we're putting forward our best horses on our best tracks and you know we think that if we can get a a 10 20 percent movement in the stickiness of those customers and making them fans of racing and fans of the sport that this would be self-sustaining through just that alone. Now, obviously we think that there's gonna be huge into some Aussie, probably Asia and other areas as well. And that's all just cream on top for the industry. That's the stuff that's gonna send it into another place um, over and above that. So not something that we're relying on, but we expect um, will come anyway.
0: Okay, that's really actually quite interesting to hear. $10 Ten million dollars in year two on Champions Day. We're talking big numbers. We're talking like competitive international numbers. That's the pinnacle. That's the aspiration, right? But what about that? You've got the chicken or the egg. What about the chicken or the egg? What about the rest of the industry and in making sure we have enough people, we have enough yep. um, frameworks, we have enough groundwork to be able to sustain this? Not from a financial point of view, but from quite a literal workforce point of view. Are, are, are there any plans to be trying to find? the next superstar jockey are you working on that side as well not just at the shiny side of course mate no i think that that's a really good point look i think that the way that we had to approach
1: it is it's very hard to get people excited about stepping into or staying in an industry where they didn't feel like it had a future right and i think if we're being really honest with ourselves if you took us back 12 months you know it was hard to see why you would step into it and um, that's just being honest about it i think the, the thing we thought was that we had to do first was show people that hey there is a bright future here actually this thing's on the way up and if you're a young person or you're not a young person somebody's been in the game for a while and you're thinking about moving on now is not the time to do that right so I think that we've done um, you know along with NZTR and um, the team at and have done a pretty good job of getting people to that point but as you say, the next the next the next step is about pathways, right? I mean, we're the wagering provider, so it's not our core game, but we know that mm. this industry to be sustainable. Things like jockeys, growing our own talent, making sure we get quality riders, you know. Stuff that Daniel Narclay is doing down there in, in, in Cambridge is incredible for that that sort of stuff and things we want to get behind. You know, um people working in the stables, you know, it's a tough game to be in, mate. Right? It's not it's not an easy one and um, you know, we've got to find ways to not just say, hey, the future's bright, but to make it a, a really, really viable career because this industry is amazing, mate. Honestly, I love I love it to bits and I think you'll, you'll sense everyone around our side of the table feels the same way. So um, that's definitely on the cards. We've got sort of some of the big shiny things out of out of the way and, you know, we're really keen to get down into the detail both with our customers and with the industry to see what we can do next.
0: This is more of a, a statement, Cam, rather than a question, but I think you might echo this. Like, for the last five years... Especially since I've had you know my hands kind of around it and, and been well been here on the front line as well, I feel like we have had people doing good off with with their own kind of volition and, and off their own bat essentially. They they are they are working hard to help an industry and they didn't really know why they were doing it. Guys like Daniel Narkle and Luke Kimmys, it's like out of love, right? Um, it, like there's there's yeah. so many people I've named just a couple there, but there's so many people up and down the country that were doing good things, creating initiatives, but. There's probably a little bit of, um, oh, you know, we're doing this because we love it. We don't really know why else. But all of a sudden (laughs) now that there are, I guess, but with Tab, with NZTR, who have a bit more funding, with a bit more of a purpose, all of a sudden there are support networks for those gems, those gems of people that have been pushing this along by themselves. And it gives them something to work with and work for and know that it's not just kind of like a wasted time or, or, or a waste of um, you know, we're doing this, but we don't really know whether it's going to survive or sustain. You know what I mean? It's kind of like for the first time, it feels like those people are going to be maximized. Their effort will be maximized and backed up. Does that make sense?
1: No, it does. It makes perfect sense to me, mate. And I think, um, you know, you touched on two really good examples in, in and and Luke Kimmys and Daniel Narclay. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I look at what... What they did against some pretty tough settings and i marvel at it um and you know a really rewarding thing on our side of the fence and i know nztr would feel the same way is it's sort of having the um i guess the firepower behind us to really support them and what they were already doing great but it, it also extends mate to the big the big dogs in the, in the circle right like i look at what david ellis and the likes did um in pretty challenging times i mean those sure you know yeah. those big trainers they kept they kept this thing alive right and i think one of the really rewarding things again for us is to see you know the, the passionate ones who stuck it out and um you know went through some pretty hard times like hey they they're, they're reinvigorated and they're going to get a shot to um to really make this thing fly and um you know it's a, it's an incredibly rewarding experience for all of us to be honest with you um they've been so yeah. great and such big supporters of everything that we've been trying to do so we appreciate all of them mate hopefully that's coming through
0: yeah, no, that, that, that's right, and you're right to point out those kind of people at the, that top level as well that keep things like Wayne going, for example. You know, Cambridge Stud, yep. Tiaka, these, they, these big, they, they've just they've like pumped so much it. money into. Yeah, why, absolutely. Again, we what we've done now is the dangerous game of name a couple, and now everyone <laughs> else will feel le, left out. But this is a this is you know who you are, sort of a, a conversation, right? Um, Cam, we'll have to figure this out because I know a people. So many people will ask me. This is a slot race. So a slot is. race is a race where you have to buy to be in or you have to essentially barter a deal, broker a deal with your horse to be entered in the race with someone that owns a slot. How do people own a slot? Is there a fee? Uh-huh. Are they going to be auctioned? How does that part of it happen?
1: Yeah, so look, this one's this one's going to be really interesting. We think that... Um the um you know the, the economics of the slot so it's you know to, to make slot races work there has to be outside money it can't be all funded by um just the slot holders otherwise it becomes a bit circular so there's a good amount of money being pumped into this one from outside which is great and it makes the economics of it really good so um i believe there's a set number could be four or five sorry we've moved around on this pretty late but that are going to be um locked away for 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 certain um certain uh, slot holders to have the first ride at but then The remainder is going to be opened up for everyone to have a crack at. So we are going to have an auction um, and, you know, people who want to get involved will will have a chance to bid and um, it'll go to whoever's whoever's prepared to put the most out there. So it opens up amazing opportunities, as you can imagine, potentially an SENZ slot, potentially a trackside slot, even a BGP slot. These sorts of things are all possible under that that model, which, you know, will just drive great talkability. And, you know, we got to see what, as a business, we got to see what, what fun it is and what, um, you know, sort of marketing, you can drive around the slot space with the I Wish I Win campaign. And, you know, we we really think there's a great opportunity for others to get involved. So um, that auction will be taking place just before Derby Day um, out at Karaka. And yeah, the details will be online, but I would love to see as many people register and have a crack at getting one as possible. The economics of it really do add up.
0: Oh, I think it's marvellous, and do you know who deserves a shout-out here a little bit? Dave Branch. I know you've worked with Cambridge Raceway over the last wee while and, and with their, their uh, trot slot coming up, you know, th- just to see what the race and the harness game um, has has been able to generate from a kind of a, a different storyline perspective. It shows that there is an appetite for slot racing in New Zealand, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, look, the, the, tab, uh, the tab trot I think, the, the tab trot slot um, as well so we got behind that one for that very reason. You know, David Branch has been you know, a real pioneer in terms of innovation and it's not um it's not the easiest thing to do in a game that's kind of been set in its ways for a while. So he's done an amazing job when we look at what that race has done. So um yep, he was the inaugural slot um that was the inaugural slot race in New Zealand, which is amazing and hopefully we can add another um, marquee one to the calendar here.
0: Cam, thank you so much for your time. I know you probably want to get back and shake Winston Peter's hands uh, and do all that good stuff. Um, I'll see you <laughs> I'll see you this weekend, and it's going to feel like a festival. It's going to feel very special to be at Allersley this weekend at HQ, so we'll see you then, mate. Thank you so much for your time, and, yeah, just I, I just think it's marvellous, I guess, what everyone's awesome. been able to do here working together. It's good stuff.
1: Thanks, Lloyd. Thanks for having me on. Anytime.
0: There you go. Cam Roger. He's the managing director at Inte New Zealand. Um,